This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, Anthony's setting the record straight. When I hear people say, uh, Dave Ramsey doesn't work for black people, I frown and, and, and I get disappointed. But I do want to address the narrative that we can't learn something from a white man. Now, before we hop into today's show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and be sure to hit the notification bell so you can be notified every single time we drop a new video. Alrighty now, let's jump into the show. Welcome to the table, yeah, yeah. We gon' get real, we gon' get right. Oh, building up wealth, we gon' give life. Welcome to the table, yeah. Welcome to the table, build wealth, life. Welcome to the table. So recently I was tagged on a TikTok video <laughs> um, from a young lady. Uh, that recently has some interesting words to say about Dave Ramsey. Specifically about Dave Ramsey and his teachings, the seven baby steps, his money method does not work for people of color. And um, I want to talk about it today. But before I talk about it, let's have a listen and see what she had to say. No, because I was right. Dave Ramsey's vice is not for black people. It's not just the poverty thing and the fact that people latched onto that one piece of my entire argument is ridiculous. I'm not saying that all black people are poor, but the majority of those living at or below the poverty line are in fact black. Look at the statistics. I'm not saying that people can't find some gems in his advice either. There are always exceptions. What I'm saying is that Dave Ramsey's advice was not curated with black people in mind. The majority of black people cannot benefit from generational wealth because there is no generational wealth. He also didn't address any of the socioeconomic barriers that we specifically face. I'm not sure why this man has a chokehold on black households, but we need to stop listening to him. He cannot relate to us. And his intentions may have been good, but unfortunately they missed the mark. There are so many other black people who provide good information while addressing the issues our community uniquely faces. But I stand on what I said. So, <clears throat> let's talk about it. Uh, let's let, let's let's have a conversation about this uh, because it's so funny. It's been almost two and a half years that I have not been working with the Ramsey organization. And I mean, everybody is asking me, you know, does he work for black people? You know, does this? And I think a lot of people get it confused when I said that I wanted to leave so that I could have um a little bit more direct conversation with people of color. It doesn't change the message. It just changed how I talk about the message. 
and how I'm specifically talking to the African-American community. The core of, of, of what I believe still comes from the no debt uh, method and, and the seven baby steps that, that have changed my life. And I want to start off this conversation by simply saying I am black. <laughs> and the teachings of Dave Ramsey, um, Dave Ramsey would say this himself, that he's never changed anyone's life. But he does believe that the teachings that he teach, that his personalities teach, uh, that uh, the Ramsey organization believes in, it does change people's life. Before I even met Dave, before, before I even knew that there was an opportunity coming from Dave, his teachings, the Financial Peace University, uh, impacted my life personally. Um, it, it helped me to really understand how to be a good steward of my finances. It helped me to to really get a to get a grasp on my finances, and it honestly helped me to get out of consumer debt. As a black man that was raised by four black parents, bona fide black parents, um, I have a biological mother, stepfather who live in San Diego County, um, and I have two other siblings hardworking individuals. My mom is in education. My dad was uh, drives for a living. Um, and their combined income was not over six figures um, at the time of us growing up. You know, my mom had to work two, three jobs. My mom, uh, we were a paycheck to paycheck family. Um, then I have my biological father who served years in the army, um, 30 plus years in the army, and plus my amazing uh, stepmother um, who we had the opportunity to work off and on because of my father. And so grew up in a very strong Christian faith, Church of God in Christ, Pentecostal church um, background, uh, very strong black community there in Fayetteville, North Carolina, um, and specifically Oceanside, California, that's inside of San Diego, California. Um, and so I, I don't know what it feels like to be raised in the white community. I, I, just, I just don't. I, um, everything that I know is black. Everything that I know is African-American. Everything that I know for the most part uh, before it's black is kingdom. Uh, very strong Christian faith home. Uh, did I have white friends growing up? Yes. Did my parents have white counterparts growing up? Absolutely. But the majority of our community were black. And when I hear people say uh, Dave Ramsey doesn't work for black people, I frown and I get disappointed that we feel as if because one person is white, we can't learn something from that and that their teachings doesn't apply to us. Now, I want to address something up front um, that this, this young lady said in the video. And again, what this young lady is doing, I specifically showed the audio because what this young lady is doing is amazing for the black community. I, I love her platform. I love what she stands for. But I just wanted to address this and not address her because, again, I love this young lady. I, I am aware of her platform and she is a bona fide for the black community. And I got to respect that. But I do want to address the narrative that we can't learn something from a white man, that a white man's content was not made for us. And even if let's just say even if that was the case. I'm going to walk through the seven baby steps today and I'm going to help us understand how this is just not true. But she did say something true that I do want to address. She said, do these teachings, will the seven baby steps, 
Will Financial Peace University, will will the the money mindset that Dave Ramsey teaches work for people in poverty, specifically black people, she said. I did the research because I want to make sure that I am factual in what I am teaching and what I am saying. That out of 100% of African Americans, 14.9% of black people are living currently in poverty. So this leaves us with 85, to be exact, 85.1% of individuals who are black who are not technically in poverty, all right? So I want to agree with her that 14.9% of people who are living in poverty should not be trying to save $1,000. They should be trying to get $1,000 more in. (laughs) They should be trying to get their income in because no matter what we teach them, black, white, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. If we don't help these individuals get more income coming in, get their life situated, they're going to be screwed. And so I agree that the saving $1,000 is not going to be a wise thing. Trying to eliminate debt, they probably shouldn't even have debt if they only have a certain amount of money coming in the poverty level. And so I, I, te- I definitely agree that for poverty people, there's a whole nother conversation that we need to be having with these individuals. That's, that's real. We need to say, you know what? What do we need to do to get you some more education? Um, What circumstances have you dealt with in your life that has you here? How can we help you get over these circumstances or fix these circumstances? There's a whole nother level of 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 empathy. There's a whole nother level of support that these individuals need. And I totally, totally, totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. What's going on, fam? It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill here, and I want to thank my dear friends at BetterHelp for sponsoring today's amazing show. Now, here's the thing. The end of the year can be a mixed bag of emotions. Let's be real, right? Uh, Joy, stress, and a bit of seasonal blues, especially if we're single. That's why I think it's key to find something positive to kind of balance this thing out. One thing that's worked for me has been therapy because I truly do believe therapy can be a game changer. It's about building skills, setting boundaries, and empowering yourself to be your very best self. And that's where my friends at BetterHelp comes in. It's online therapy, convenient and super flexible. You simply fill out a brief 10-minute questionnaire, get matched with an amazing licensed therapist quickly, And what I really love about it is, let's say if you need to switch and try someone else out, you can. So listen, this season, I want you to find your bright spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash AO. Let's make this season about thriving, not just surviving. Let's get back to the show. And so I I do want to be sensitive to these individuals. I agree. Now, when we transition over to the 85% of us who are not in poverty, but we may be low middle class. We may be only making twenty five, $30,000 a year. We may be make, making only thirty five dollars to $40,000 a year. Do I believe these seven baby steps work? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I believe that these individuals need to have more income coming in as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I do want to just walk down the seven baby steps and say, I, I help me understand. And please listen. I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube, comment, let me know. Anthony, you're wrong. Anthony, you're off. Anthony, I agree. No, I get it. The reason why I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this is because I'm proud of the people on TikTok. 
I got tagged in hundreds of comments saying like, yo, Ant- it seemed like it worked good for Anthony O'Neill. Man, it worked good for me. Man, it, 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 it worked good for me. And I was just like, absolutely. <laughs> the seven baby steps, watch this, not only worked good for me, but it put me in a position to where my black kids, if I have some, will be blessed because of me taking the time to learn what does the Bible say about money and how can I save, invest, and position myself to have financial freedom? Watch this. How can I position myself to build my own table so that way I'm building legacy and I can pass this down to my kids? And the seven baby steps helped me out with that. And so I really want to go through the seven baby steps. For those of you all, uh, those of you all who do not know, who Dave Ramsey um, is and what he teaches. Dave Ramsey, I believe, is the guru in the in this space when it comes to financial freedom, especially with the debt-free message um, and starting the journey of building wealth. He is the the guru. I had the opportunity working with him for seven years, um, nearly seven years. I had the opportunity to not just work with him, but be in his personal home, have personal in-depth conversations about uh, culture issues. We we sat down and we talked about um, uh, culture differences and and how I can learn from him and how he could learn from my culture. I, I we've had those in depth conversations and, and I love the man for what he's doing and how God is using his organization to help all people. Right to help all all people. But I did leave because I want to talk specifically and have my language specifically for African American people. And that would not work on on his platform. It, that's just the truth. And I have to respect that, right? But he teaches the seven baby steps. And baby step number one is save $1,000 in your emergency fund. Baby step number two is pay off all debt except the house using a debt snowball, debt snowball method. Baby step number three, and this will be up on the screen so you all can see that. It saved 36 months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. Uh, step number four is going to invest 15% of your household income into retirement. Baby step number five, which is crucial, um, is start saving for your children's college fund. Baby step number six um, is pay off your home early. Don't just let it sit there, but pay off your mortgage. And baby step number seven, which I believe is a goal for all of us, is build wealth and just give. And so I want to walk through the seven baby steps and just really help y'all understand why and how this helps, not just specifically black people, but all people. But we're going to talk about black people today. So baby step number one is, you know, go ahead and set aside a thousand dollars into your starter emergency fund. Remember, Dave Ramsey's core principles simply is about getting out of debt and really having true financial freedom. But before we can get out of debt, we got to make sure that we at least have a starter emergency fund to make sure that if something does come up while we're on the journey of getting out of debt, that we have something to fall back on. That 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 if a tire blows out, if our car breaks down and we need to get it towed, if we need to catch an emergency flight home because of a death or, or sickness, we don't have to go borrow money. We don't have to be stuck in a situation where we have to get back into debt on our debt-free journey. Now, a lot of y'all may say, may say that a thousand dollars is not is not a lot of money. And and I agree with you, especially in today's day and time, a thousand dollars is not a lot of money. <clears throat> but if Dave was here sitting across from me at this table, and maybe I'll get him on the table one day. Um but if he was sitting here across from the table, he would say that and I agree with him, your starter emergency fund is not to be a cushion, is not to make you feel comfortable. 
it's honestly made so you can be uncomfortable so you can get out of debt quicker and go on to baby step number three. But let me tell you why just putting $1,000 is so, so, so important when it comes to black individuals. Um, I, I want to go, I want to start off because I, I want to help y'all understand that she made a comment that, you know, the white, <laughs> Dave is not made, he didn't make this for black people. This was not made in mind for black people. I don't know why Dave Ramsey, a white man, has the black church all up in this. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, sis, why, why do we got to go there? Because Dave Ramsey didn't write this Bible. I didn't write this Bible. Bishop T.D. Jakes didn't write this Bible. Creflo Dollar didn't write this Bible. Barack Obama didn't write this Bible. Diddy didn't write this Bible. LeBron James didn't write this Bible. We didn't write this Bible. <laughs> so this is not a black man, white man thing. This is what does God say about money? What is the navigation system that God left us when it comes to living our life? And I firmly believe that this is our love letter. This is our navigation system. This is our pilot when it comes to living life. And so when it comes to baby step number one, which is setting aside a thousand dollars in the emergency fund. And then also too, I want to talk about it too, because the baby step number three is set aside three, six months of expenses and we'll get there. Uh, but I want to take you over to Proverbs chapter 21 verse, uh, what verse I want to go to chapter 21, verse 20, verse 20, verse 20. Um, and we know the book of Proverbs, if you don't read your Bible, I want to encourage you to check out my Bible plan. I have a Bible plan on the Bible app uh, that is really walking you through money. And we will make sure to link that in today's show notes uh, because it would definitely bless you because uh, we are every single month uploading brand new scriptures and brand new Bible studies for you to read throughout the week when it comes to money. This is something that I, I, I really want you to commit to doing in the year 2024. I want you to commit to reading our Bible plans every single month. So we will link to the most current one uh, right now in the in the show notes. But in Proverbs chapter 20, Proverbs is the book of wisdom, chapter 21, uh, verse 20, it says, the wise store up choice food in olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. The wise, wise individuals store up their food, store up olive oil, save food, save oil, save money. But fools gulp theirs down, but fools eat everything, but fools spend everything. And so when we talk about setting aside $1,000 in the emergency fund, nearly 40% of American people cannot afford a $400 emergency fund. So the moment you put $1,000 inside of your emergency fund, you're ahead of 40% of the people in America. This is four out of 10 people. 66 million people in America do not have anything in their savings. They have zero dollars in their savings. This study is, does not include people of poverty. This study is coming from people who make at least low middle class all the way up to millionaires. Because the study came out and revealed that even, we're going to get to this in the next one, that even people who make six figures are still living paycheck to paycheck. 40, I think it was like 48% of people who make six figures, $100,000 or more, are still living Friday to next Friday. 
paycheck to next paycheck, meaning they do not have $1,000 in their savings account. And so when I was reading this study on bank survey, I want to give you some, some factual numbers, just some factual numbers. Remember, 40% cannot afford a $400 emergency. So bank survey studied thousands and thousands of individuals and asked them honestly, uh, how much do you have in savings? 32% of people said they have $0 in their savings account. Zero. 26% of people said they have less than $1,000 in their savings account, meaning they can have 500, they can have 800, they can have 200. We don't know what that answer is. But 26% of people said, I have something in there, but it's, it's no more than $999.99. So right there alone, 58% of people say they have less than $1,000. That is the majority of American people do not have more than $1,000 in their account. But yet we want to say this is not for people of color. Can I be real with you? Can I speak about me? I didn't grow up in poverty. I grew up in, 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 in the, at that time, it was definitely middle class. We were living paycheck to paycheck. My parents didn't have anything in their savings. And I would definitely say the reason why we didn't have things in our savings wasn't because we didn't really have the means. I think it's because we didn't have the financial education. Because when I look back, there were some things that my family could have could have skipped out on and that they could have done better with their finances if they would have had, you know, a, a, a good uh, financial peace teaching back then. Right. Um, we definitely could have shifted some things in our finances that we could have had at least a thousand dollars in our savings account. We definitely could have. And, and if I just put it on me, man, I remember. Can I just be real with you all? I remember. I've said this before on my show. I said this before on my show. I remember getting my first paycheck from selling cars. It was right around like $8,000, $10,000. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I remember spending that whole paycheck. I went to the bank. So I, I went to the bank. I remember cashing that check. And at the time, I was in check systems. I was in check systems because I was bouncing checks at the age of 18 and 19 trying to impress people. And so uh, they put me in the check systems. And so I was at a bank that was inside of Walmart. They didn't check check systems. They didn't check your credit report. Right. So they gave me the checking account. And I remember going to this bank. <laughs> I just got a check for like eight, seven, eight. I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was a large check. And I went there and the young lady was like, "Ooh, this is your check. I said, it so is. I said, you can flip that receipt over and give me your number. And she showed it, gave me her number. And I went that night and spent it all on the strip club. It was a very dumb, it was a very immature decision, but I didn't leave $1,000 in my savings account. I, 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 didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't say, you know, let me save some of this money. No, I spent it. I spent it because I wanted to have fun. I spent it because I wanted to impress people. I spent it because I didn't have the financial education at that time to do what I needed to do. And, and I remember getting these checks and I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I remember getting these checks and spending it on things that I didn't need to spend it on. I remember being a fool, gulping it all. Biblically, I wasn't a wise young man. I was a fool. And so 58% of people 
I'm not going to say are foolish, but we're not making wise decisions. Let me pause right there. Because some of y'all may be saying, Anthony, I cannot say. Uh, listen, I don't know your circumstances. I don't know what happened. And I do believe that there are a lot of people out there to where circumstances in life have put them, put them in a position to where it is more, it is difficult to save. It is difficult to get out of debt. It is difficult to work these baby steps. I hear you. What is, what is the strategy and the solution? I'm going to say this again. What is the strategy and the system you need to put into place so you can change your life? Because we can't live there forever. We can't. We, we can't say, oh, my God, my heritage, oh, my God, my history. I get it. Slavery was real. Racism was real. Um, 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 racism is still real today. People of color are still going through crap today that we should not be going through. And I hear you, but I'm not going to be a, 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 a slave to that mentality. I'm not. Not when I'm seeing other people out here making millions and getting through. No, if they could do it, so can I. I'm going to acknowledge the truth and the fact of, of, of our oppressed people of how and how we're struggling and how we got to fight harder to get through the things that we got to get to simply because of the color of our skin. But daggone it, I'm going to fight. Why? Because my children are requiring me to fight. I can't look at my kids and say we're living paycheck to paycheck because we're black. No. I'm going to tell them, hey, there are certain things that we're going to have to deal with because of the skin color of where we are. But I'm busting my butt so you won't have to fight as hard as I did. Ah, I'm feeling I'm loving this teaching segments when it's just me. I'm loving it. And so let, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, uh, when it comes to um, a thousand to to five thousand dollars inside of their savings, 15 percent of people. Seven seven percent of people said they have five thousand to ten thousand. Five percent of people said they had ten thousand to twenty thousand dollars. Six percent said they had twenty thousand to fifty thousand. <clears> and right at I think it's about ten or fifteen percent said they had fifty thousand dollars or more in their savings account. But the key thing here is fifty-eight percent of people said, I don't have a thousand dollars in my savings account. That's scary. That's scary. So take away white man, black man, Asian man, Jew man. Take away that. If, if, if you're making middle class income, you should be in a position to where you can have $1,000 in your savings account. Again, I have empathy for people who've gone through certain circumstances in life that has pushed them back and they're trying to get back to that point. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to individuals who choose to be a fool with their money. Not individuals where life, life circumstances put you back. Here's what I am going to say to those group of people, though. Okay, it put you back. I got empathy and you got my support. What is the game plan? What is the strategy that we're putting into place to get us back to where we were and to continue moving forward? Because we cannot live in excuses. The caliber of your future will be determined by the choices you make now. You gotta make the right choice. 
Baby step number two is pay off debt using the debt snowball. Debt is a significant obstacle when it comes to building wealth. Using the debt snowball method, we focus on knocking out the smaller debt first, creating momentum and a sense of achievement. There's so many people out there saying use a debt avalanche way or, you know, the debt snowball, you're paying all this interest or, you know, hey, use other people's money, you know, just 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 take out debt, 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 debt. And, you know, <laughs> I, I don't I, I. I understand the philosophy of what some people are saying, use other people's money to make more money. Here is the truth. I can say this. There are maybe 2% of the people in America who could honestly do that and be okay and build wealth. I'm not going to sit here and cap. I'm not going to lie about that. But 98% of us in America cannot do that. Oh, my God, I'm going to have this credit card for emergencies, and I'm going to pay it off every month. Well, I'm sorry if nearly 70% of us are living paycheck to paycheck and we're giving you a credit card How is it that you're going to put everything on this credit card, you're already living paycheck to paycheck, and then we're going to put another monthly bill on top of what you're living right now? That doesn't make any sense. It it doesn't make any sense at all. Okay? Zero. 70% of us living paycheck to paycheck. Study came out and revealed that out of the individuals who make $100,000 or more a year, 48% of them are living paycheck to paycheck. 48% of people who make $100,000 a year are living paycheck to paycheck. What does that have to do about white or black? It, that is going back to the Bible. Is that slavery has a new form, and it's money. And it's money. What does Proverbs 22, verse 7 say? Uh, Proverbs 22, verse 7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. The, The borrower is slave to the lender. I'm going to say it one more time. The rich rule over the poor, and people who borrow money from X bank are slaves to that bank until you pay the bank off. This is why you all see uh, this shirt on um, building my own table. And for the year of 2024, uh, my whole mission for the year is to help people build their own table. What do I mean by that? Is that we have to start building our table and we build our table. We have to invite the right people to our table. The table represents our life. And when I say we got to invite the right people to our table, what I'm saying is we have to invite the right people to our life that's going to help us build our table, our life, our legacy, our wealth. And oftentimes right now, what, 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 what I'm seeing, because it was me, what I'm seeing is we don't even sit at the head of our table. We sit at the side of our table and the boss sits at the head. The bank sits at the head. Our lenders sit at the head. 
Even our girlfriends and boyfriends sit at the head, but we don't sit at the head of our table. And when we want to get up and go on vacation, we got to turn to the head, our boss, and say, boss, can I? When we want to go on vacation or we want to do this, we got to go to the bank. But well, dang, can, 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 I, can I not pay you this month? We don't even sit at the head of our own table. Because we're slave to other people. And I'm sick of that. And so eliminating your debt, it eliminates people from your table, people from your life that should not even be in it. And now we take back our tables. Now we take back our life and we have true financial freedom. I'm not saying that we're going to be wealthy because we're eliminating debt. No, but now we have the means to now start investing, to now start building, to now start positioning ourselves to build true wealth. But as long as we're sitting at the side of our own life and everyone else is telling us what to do with our own life, we will never, we will never get there. And eliminating debt is one of the best ways to do that. And, 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 over the years of me being in the money space, what have I seen debt do? Number one is preventing financial freedom. It limits cash flow and it reduces retirement savings. And we're going to get to retirement savings. Number two, it, uh, it brings us some, some mental effects. It brings stress, anxiety, and strain on relationships. I've, I've, I've had people come to me and say, man, I can't even have enjoy intimacy with my wife. I can't even enjoy intimacy with my husband. What's going on, fam? It's your boy, A.O. And I got to talk to you about something near and dear to my heart, and that's representation. You see, growing up, seeing black voices in media was like finding gold in a mine. It showed me what was possible. People like Oprah, Steve Harvey, and even Malcolm X, they paved the way for folks like me to step into the spotlight. And now there's a new wave of black voices making extreme waves, and they're doing it on NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths. This collection is a celebration of blackness like none other. Each episode is like a journey through our shared experiences. Joy, resilience, empowerment is all there. From Bobby to Michelle Obama, they're covering it all. And let me tell you, Listening to these episodes, it's like sitting down with your fam and having a real talk about what it means to be black today. NPR is not holding back with this show. They're bringing you stories that matter, uh, stories that reflect the full spectrum of black life. It's like they say, stories should never be about us without us. So do yourself a favor and tune in to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR. It's not just a podcast. I'm going to be real with you. It's a movement. Listen now, wherever you get your podcast, and let's keep celebrating our stories and our truths. All right, let's get back to my show. Hopefully this is the last time you hear this ad, because with Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. 
Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And when, when, when they're talking about intimacy, they're not just talking about sex, but they're talking about we can't even enjoy each other's presence because we're always arguing about money. And it's not about the income that we have coming in. It's about how much debt that we have to pay out. Student loan debt, car debt, credit card debt, personal loan debt. Uh, um, one guy came to me and said that his wife has three um, store credit cards. And between those three department store credit cards, she owes $32,000 on them. And he was like, bro, how do I have this conversation with my wife? And I'm like, man, listen, um, I, can't t I can't give you relationship advice. But I can say and ask you this question. What is the vision for the family financially? Have y'all sat down at your table and have y'all said, hey, this is the vision for us financially. We want to get out of debt. We want to build our first home. We want to take our kids here. Like, what is the vision? Because what I've noticed with families who are drowning in debt, they don't have a clear vision for their money. And, and here's what I've learned. If you can set a clear vision, your vision tells you yes or your vision tells you no. And it prevents the arguments between husband and wife, wife and husband, because now we can say, babe, that's not the vision that you and I agreed on. The vision says this. And if we do this, it's going to stop us from getting into vision, get into our vision. If we do not pay off our debt, it's going to stop us from getting to our vision. What's our vision? We want to send our kids to college debt free. And if we go out here and we rack up this debt or if we don't pay off this debt, we will not be able to do that. So the vision, about to have me start crying. The vision sets you up to build your own table. And I'm tired of seeing my people be on standby, white people, all people, outside of my black people. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of seeing my people, people who look like me, I was, I was talking to a, to a, to a family, and they can't go to their kids' games. My grandmama can, and they came to me asking me for a budget makeover because they were sick and tired. Watch this, they were sick and tired of not being able to go to their kids' games and how their kids are, are looking at their grandparents as parents and them as grandparents because they have all this debt. And when they get off of one job, both of them have to go to another job. And before 
They can go to a game. They got to ask permission to go. And it's because they don't sit at the head of the table. And watch this. It goes back to the banks. Because if they didn't have that much debt, they wouldn't need two jobs. So the person at the head of their table, the head of their life is saying, yo, I don't care what you got to do. Get me my money every month. So if that means you need to add another boss to your table, add another boss to your table and go get a check from that boss and that boss. And you're sitting on the side of your table and you're asking everyone at your table for permission. And your own kids look at you as grandmama and granddaddy. Now they know your mama and daddy, but grandma and granddad are parents in their life. They're at the basketball games. They're at the soccer games. They're at the hockey games. And you got to go please everybody else at your table. Because you're drowning in debt. Do you know how much stress that brings on to a mother? Do you know how much, much pain that brings on to a mother knowing that she can't do those things? Every mother wants to be a mother. Every mother wants to nourish their kids. Every mother wants to be there for the first step. Every mother wants to be there for their kids first day in preschool and kindergarten and graduation. Every parent wants to be the best parent. I firmly believe it. But we can't because we're not building our own table. We're sitting at the side of our table. And so for the year 2024, you can't tell me that the seven baby steps don't work because Baby step number two is helping you get back ownership of your life, ownership of your table. And when you don't have any debt, ooh, when, when you don't have to wake up on the first of the month, the second of the month, and you don't have to worry about bill collectors calling you, when you wake up and you can go to your mailbox and go there cheerfully and you check that mail because, you know, there's no crazy bills coming in that mail. When your phone wings you you can pick it up if if the if the number is blocked if the number is an 800 number you pick it up because you know ain't no one calling me for debt that's freedom that's that's a stress-free life in the words of, of my good friend tiffany budget nista that nista anista uh, that that is a, a financial wholeness but this doesn't work for black people let me tell you man i'm black and it feels so good when I walk around and I have no debt. It feels so good knowing that I don't have any consumer debt. It feels great. It feels refreshing. I feel great. And I feel so sad for the people who do have debt and I have empathy for them. And I'm here to walk you through the process. But let me tell you, as a black man, working baby step number two, working that debt snowball, when I paid off my very first credit card, which was $500, I, it felt so good to have that off of my shoulder, off of my, uh, off of my table. It felt so good to kick that credit card company from my table. <laughs> then when I got to the next one, it felt so good. I started getting excited, y'all. I'm like, yo, you're next. You're about to leave this table. I don't want you at this table no more, and you're not welcome back. It felt so good, y'all, that I stopped dating people because I saw that I was starting to get my table back, and I was starting to build my own table, rebuild my own table, and sooner or later, I was going to be sitting at the head of my table, not the side of my table. <laughs> Let me keep going. So when I hear people say, 
financial peace. Dave Ramsey stuff don't work for black people. I'm like, well, it worked doggone good for me. Because when we go into baby set number three, have a fully funded emergency fund, three to six months for your expenses, it feels great. You know, I did a, I did a, um, a video, and we're going to link it in today's show notes, of how, you know, uh, I moved my emergency fund from a brick-and-water bank that was paying me 0.05% to a high-yielded bank. I bank with Bank Purely, no affiliate fee, nothing like that there. It's just a great bank. They're paying me 5.05% uh, because, as you remember, uh, I think it's what, 10 or 15% of the people said that they have $50,000 or more in their savings account. Well, I'm, I'm in that number. I have way more than $50,000 sitting in my emergency fund because I honestly just wanted a year's worth of expenses in my savings account. So that way, if life happens with me being a business owner, my life doesn't have to drastically change. I can still play golf. I can still get a haircut. I can still travel. So I put what it takes me on average one year to live. And then let's just say things get rough. I could take out my golf membership. I can, you know, go get a haircut every other week instead. I can, I can maneuver that money around so that way it gets me a little bit longer than a year. It may get me a year and four months, a year and five months, right? But I didn't want to have that money just sitting in that account. Um, I, I wanted to have this money sitting in a high-yielded account because now because I have over six figures in there, it's not a whole lot of money, but good, it's, I'm telling you right now, I see about four to $500 a month being added into that account because it's just money sitting in that account. So now what is that mean? Compound interest is working for me now. So it's like every month it'll be, let's say for an example, if it's 450 today, it'll be like 465 next month or it has to be a little bit more than that, right? Uh, I see the numbers going up because if they give me 450 today, that means let's say for an example, I have $100,450. Now they got to pay me 5.05 on the $100,405 next month. Then they got to pay me that on top of that. Then a compounding and compounding, compounding. And again, your savings account is not an investment account, but why not get some money for your money sitting there. So I did a whole video on the importance of having your emergency fund sit inside of a high yielded savings account. And we're going to link that in today's show notes so you can better understand why this is important. It's like, why not get the free money? Why not have your money sitting in an account and you're getting more money for your money just sitting there? And I'm going to tell you right now, can I be real with you? Let me be real with you. Having a savings account can help you fire someone from your table. How many of you all are working at a job solely because you do not have a fully funded emergency fund? When you have a fully funded emergency fund, you walk different. You talk different. You're not going to allow your boss to disrespect you. You're not going to stay in an environment that you don't feel welcomed in. And when you get that savings account and you know you got six months, it ain't going to take you six months for another job. When you're educated and smart and you, you have a good resume, you work hard, it may take you 30 to 60 days to find another job. But you walk different. You have a different approach of life. You approach your table differently saying, you know what? I no longer need you at my table. God bless you. I don't like the way you're talking to me. I don't like the way you're treating me. You're not giving me a pay raise. You're not using my gifts and my skills and my talents effectively. So I'm going to fire you from my table and I'm going to invite the next job to my table. That's going to help me get to where I want to go. But if you don't have three to six months of your savings sitting inside of a savings account, you're stuck at that table. Now you got to ask them, yo, I want to go on vacation. Can I go? No, we already have five other people going, but you can go um, September. Well, wait, September. I want to go in July. I want to take my kids while they're on summer break. Well, I'm sorry. 
We already have 10 other people going. We need people here to answer our phone calls and do the job. When you start having three to six months of expenses and you have no debt, you move differently. You move differently. Again, my theme is all about building our own table and taking a seat at the head of our table. And we can start doing that. Three to six months helps us out. Now, 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 baby step number four is invest 15% of your household income. And, And I laugh. I laugh. Man, the seven baby steps are not made for black people. I, I, I think you're right. I, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. I think she is absolutely right. It is made for people. It is made for people who want financial freedom. It is made for kingdom people who want to live and steward their money correctly. Because investing is crucial. By committing 50% of our income into retirement, black Americans can benefit from long-term growth of the stock market. Did some research. Only 44% of black African-American people have a retirement account. Pretty much have a retirement savings strategy. Watch this. With the typical balance of around $20,000. That's poverty. They're 60-something years old, and they only have $20,000 inside of their retirement account? Now, of course, you can't invest 15% if you're drowning in debt. Clearly, we know that, which is why the system is put that way. Put $1,000 emergency fund, get out of debt, start saving, and then start investing 15%. This system is not invest 15% and pay off your debt. No. No. But if you can start investing investing 15% of your household income, what? You're going to have more than $20,000 in your retirement account. Watch this. Um, <laughs> if we got 44% of people, black culture, black community, have a retirement savings account of $20,000, that's 56% of black people who have zero. Or I get it, Anthony. Well, they don't have the money to invest. They're living paycheck to paycheck. Anthony, you know, we're struggling because of, the, because of you know, of, of, of the oppression we've been through. We're, we're struggling because it is. Listen, I'm not disputing nothing that happened to our community. I'm not. I'm not living in the times that my grandmother and my great-grandmother and grandfather and, and my great-aunts and, and aunties and, and great-great-uncles and cousins and all the people went through. I, I'm not living during that time. I'm living in a different time. And in today's day and time, we still got some jacked-up issues that we got to work through when it comes to people of color. I am with it. But we cannot say it's the same from that back then. I am in a position to where I don't come from wealth. I don't come from wealthy, rich families. I don't. We struggled. I remember the first summer I can get a work permit in California. I was 14. My mom and dad made me get a work permit. Watch this. And my first job ever in life was Taco Bell. And I remember we were so living paycheck to paycheck. 
that my mom would send my other little sister on her bike to come up and get food from Taco Bell so we could eat as a family. My mom would drive up when she got off of work sometimes and pick up free food for me from Taco Bell that we could eat. We weren't poor, but my mom was like, go get a check and bring some of that money home. Not just go get a check and bring some of that food home. And I remember, I talk about this um, in the um, curriculum that I shot with Ramsey for the middle schoolers and, and high schoolers. I remember the first paycheck I got, I did the math. I thought I was going to get $100. <laughs> this is a sidebar. I didn't get $100 because of taxes. I got like 70 some dollars. And I remember going to my boss saying, yo, bro, bro I need this money. My mom and dad go, we, we looking for 100 not 70 and it was like, hey, man, that's called taxes. And I remember going home asking my dad at the time, like, what? What are taxes? Fifty-six percent of people don't have retirement savings. This means that 56 percent of people are going to struggle. Let's go back to the 44% of people who have $20,000. They won't be able to live a year. And what we're seeing is that people are graduating, not graduating, people are retiring, staying off of work for two, three months, and then going back to work because they didn't have enough money set aside for retirement. So some of y'all might be saying, well, Anthony, I hear you, man. I, I think I'm in one of these numbers, too. You know, I'm not really investing well. I'm not really taking um, and maxing out on my 401k, my Roth 401k. I'm not even investing into the match. I'm not doing none of that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I am not. What, what's the goal when it comes to retirement? Well, when it comes to retirement, financial advisors, some financial advisors say by the age of 67, you should have at least 10 times your salary, right? So let's just do the math. Let's say for an example, if the average person in America is making about $48,000 a year, times that by 10, and the reason why they say that, the reason why they say times that by 10 um, is because if you could live off of 48,000, right? then you can live off of 48000 when you retire. And it should be able to stretch a little bit more because you're not traveling back and forth to work a lot. You should be eating at home. You should have a limited amount of debt because you're at your senior citizen age. So if you times that by 10, that's $480,000. I think that is whack. I'm going to be honest. What they're saying is, technically, after you retire, you may only live about 10 years. I think that's whack. Whack. Which is why investing 15% is going to get you way more than just 10, 10 times your salary. My goal in investing 15% is to have at least 25 times my salary. Watch this. Let's say for an example, let's just say for an example, just for numbers, I have $100,000. You times that by 25 that's going to give you $2.5 million. If you study the market, uh, you're seeing ranges in between 10 to 12%. Worst case scenario is about 75 to 8%. But we've seen them anywhere between the last 40 years, like 10, 11, 12% on the high end. So let's just say, for an example, you get a 10% return on your $2.5 million investment. 
This means you get the, every single year, you get a 10% uh, return from your $2.5 million investment. That is $250,000 a year you can live off of without even touching your $2.5 million in principal. Right? But let's just say, Anthony, 10% seems kind of high. I'm seeing 8%. Cool, great. If you're making $48,000, a year, $48,000 a year, and let's just say you do have $2.5 million in your investment at the time of retirement, and you're only getting an 8% yearly with uh, interest put on there, that's $200,000 a year you can live off of. So I want you to think about what could you do at 50, at 60, at 70. You have no mortgage payment. You have no debt. You have no car note. You have no credit cards. You're living in your home that you're going to pretty much pass away in, um, and you have $200,000 a year to spend. And you don't even have the principal. You're not even touching the principal. So let's just say, let's just say, let's say for an example, you retire and you still have a mortgage payment, but now you're at the retirement age to where, okay, you got 2.5 million in there because you invested 15% of your income over the next 30, 40 years. You got 2.5. Let's say you only owe $200,000 in your home. Well, cool. Great. Take a, take $200,000 out of your, your, uh, your retirement that brings you down to $2.3 million. And you live off of the compound interest of that yearly. And you put that inside of your trust and you put that inside of your will, your estate plan, and you transition that over to legacy over to your kids. This has nothing to, nothing to do with white or black. It's about how can we start making the wise financial decisions, the wise financial decisions that set us up to where we do not have to work for the rest of our life. I remember going to a, um, um, I, I've shared the story, story several times. I won't repeat it too much, but I'll give the gist of it for people who are just now tuning in to my brand. But, you know, I met an older lady. She was in her mid-80s, I want to say. And she was at a hotel room and she was cleaning the rooms. And I remember telling her, like, hey, you don't have to clean my room. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a young man. Just give me some lotion. I'm good. I gave her a little tip. Said, here, go $100. And it's just the story that I got away from it. And it had me crying. It, she had me in tears when she left my room because she was older. She was walking older. She looked at me. She said, hey, use your youthfulness wisely because you do not want to be here doing what I'm doing at my age because she didn't use her youthfulness wisely, meaning that she didn't use her, her time correctly. She didn't invest properly. She didn't have, she didn't do the right things in her youthfulness. And I'm like, wow. I said, that can't be me. It will not be me. It will not be my wife. It, it will not be my kids. It will not be anyone who I love and I love you. And so it will stretch us to invest 15%. It's going to be different for a lot of us, but I do it right now. As a business owner, man, I invest a lot, which goes into uh, baby step um, number um, uh, five through seven, which you're going to be start. You're going to start saving for your kids college. You're going to pay off your home early and you're going to build a legacy. Look, listen, um, I don't know if my kids are going to go to college. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to have kids. <laughs> I, I I do not know, but I do know this one thing. As a black kid, my black kids will start further along than I did. I remember there are so many examples out there. I remember this one video that went viral, and it, and it put black and white kids in a place, um, in one line. They all started at the same line, and they asked them different questions. 
Is your kid, is your, is your mother or father in jail? If not, take two steps forward. Um, do your mother and father make over, you know, six figures combined income? If they do take two steps forward, they started asking all of these questions and watch this. Every question that they asked, my kids could have taken two steps forward. But the majority of the black kids, the, the majority of the kids who were black fell way behind. And when they got to the end of the, the questions, out of, I think, like 20, 30 kids, only one or two African-American kids were close to the end. The majority of the people in the back, the majority of them were black and some of them were white. Not going to sit here and lie. And I said, my kids, if they ever have to be a part of that assignment, they will be at the front. They will have the opportunity to say that I got privilege. My dad is Anthony O'Neill. My mom is such and such. Everything that I'm doing now is not just for me. It, it is for the black kids that I will have. One of the reasons why I, I just, I love other races, but I want to raise a black family. If I have kids, I want to have black kids, full black kids. Not knocking multiracial dating, multiracial marriages, multiracial kids. No, I'm not. But man, I want, I want my legacy to be that not only did we impact the kingdom culture, not only did we impact the kingdom community, not only did we impact my family, but we represented the community that God made me in, the black community. And I want to show that, yes, we've been through hell. Yes, we, we, we've got to make some changes. But we can still win. My nephews and niece will not struggle. Will they have to work hard? Will they have to get through certain things? Absolutely. But they're not going to know what it feels like to live paycheck to paycheck. Because we're already saving for the college fund. I've, I've, I'm already investing into 529s for all of them. All of them. And even my kids. They're all inside of my estate. So they're going to get a check from me. Their grandparents are already investing in the 529 for them. They're going to get a fat check from my grandparents. And then because of their platform as the chocolate babies and the work that they've done with their mom and their dad on their YouTube channel over there, they already have a fat check waiting for them for that, that they've already invested. So by the time they turn 18, I guarantee you, my nephews and nieces are starting off with a quarter million dollars. College is going to be paid for if they decide to go to college. First home is going to be paid for if they decide, or not decide, when they decide to get their first home. With the nice check. So they're starting with no debt because of the baby steps. Because we understand that, hey, we need to start investing into our kids' college. That's one of the most selfless things we can do as parents and as loved ones. Instead of for me getting this Gucci purse this month, let me go put 
$500 into an, a custodial Roth IRA for my kids. And let me go put $200 into a 529 for my kids' future. So when they graduate college, we're not just partying. We're not just dancing. We're not just screaming, you graduated. I'm giving you a check. Not only am I giving you a check. Ooh, 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 oh my goodness. I'm also... Making sure that I'm being a good steward with my money and not putting stress on you when you get older. So I'm going to pay off my mortgage. I'm going to pay off all my debt. I'm going to make sure that when I get older and I do need your help with maybe moving around or, 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 or uh, when I do get older and I can't, I can no longer walk or I can no longer talk or whatever that is as I'm getting older. I'm not adding stress to your life because I was a good steward of all my resources when I was young and healthy. And so my mortgage is paid for. And so I can die in my home. You may have to hire a nurse to come check on me and your mama, your mama and your daddy. Um, but you don't have to pay for it. We're paying for it because we made the right investments and our investments are paying for that nurse that's coming. Our insurance policy is paying for everything and anything. The only thing you and your family have to worry about is just loving us. And in the black family. We don't really do that. I've, I was there when my grandmama had to move into the home. And I was there when it was stress on my mom and my dad financially and stress on all of us because we had to help my mom. We couldn't afford a nurse. We couldn't afford to go buy a bigger home so we could still all have our own bedrooms. No, my siblings had to move into our, my, actually, my sister had to move into my brother and I's room. So we had to get a bunk bed with another bed. Me and my brother slept on the bunk beds and my sister slept on that bed. And we all had to sleep in there because my grandmama had Yvette's room. And we did what we had to do to make sure that my grandmother lived longer. And I'm so grateful that we did that. But I want to make sure that when I get older, I've eliminated my mortgage and, and, and I've done the right things. So that when I do get to that point, there's no stress. And I want to make sure babysit number seven, that when I get older, I've built so much wealth that when it's time for me to transition into heaven, I came into this world crying, but I'm leaving this world smiling because I'm leaving this world knowing that I didn't listen to a white man, that I didn't listen to a black man, that I didn't listen to a Jewish man. I listened to the man, to the heavenly father. And I was a good steward based upon this word with my resources that as I am going to, I'm smiling because I know I'm about to die. I know I'm going a better place than the earth. I'm going to be with my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm leaving my kids with wealth. I'm leaving my church with a check. I'm leaving my kids with no debt, with no bondage, with no drama, with no headaches, but with peace, joy, and happiness. My church is going to celebrate me because I was a tither and I was a giver. The community I pray will celebrate me because I gave back to the community. I wasn't selfish. I was giving. And I don't understand how we can say those seven baby steps do not work for the black community. You can argue me all day long, but last time I checked, I am black. And I love my black community.
And we all would disagree. And I'm not talking about the poverty individuals. But I'm talking about y'all. At some point, we got to hold ourselves accountable to some of the decisions that we make with our money. And I'm going to say this, and I know I'll get pushback. But daggone it, some of the best financial lessons I've learned have come from white people. From the doors that have opened for me have come from white people. And watch this. I'm not even going to say they, they came from white people. I'm going to say God used those individuals to put me in those places. God used that white brother, that Jewish brother, that Hispanic brother, that Asian brother, this, this sister, that sister, this sister to put me in the rooms and to give me opportunities that I, I, I needed. And I will be a fool to sit here and say that I can't learn nothing from someone who is not black. Because the truth of the fact is, I would not be where I am today if I didn't have other people from other cultures teach, educate, and open up doors. Period. Love y'all. That's the end of today's show. I got nothing else to say. God bless you. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.